So we all know discipline is hard, especially if you are trying to be a positive parent, you're trying to stop yelling and punishing, uh, using bribes and threats to try to get your child to cooperate. Um, And you might be wondering as you're on this journey to becoming um, and maintaining positive parenting, you know, am I being too mean? Am I being too inflexible? Uh, Am I being too permissive? I mean, how do I keep setting limits in a way that, you know, gets results and sets, you know, effective boundaries, but also doesn't compromise the relationship, right? So if this sounds like you, this episode is for you. Um, Because if you were to ask me, you know, okay, Dr. Jasmine, what does it take to discipline effectively? I would say some of the magical (laughs) uh, components of discipline are an understanding of your child, an understanding of what they can and they can't do uh, from a developmental perspective. I think that is really important and something that often gets missed. Also a connection. Ideally we connect before, during, and after we set limits. Regulation of our emotions so that we can help our child regulate their own emotions because oftentimes these moments are difficult and we are if they're charged uh, emotionally speaking. So being able to regulate our own emotions is so important when we think about discipline. Of course, we're not always going to get it right, but that is something to keep uh, and stay mindful of. Uh, also, clear instructions. We have to make sure that we are clear and that we have thought out right boundaries and consequences. Right, that we've taken some time to think about this beforehand, so that we can um, be consistent, uh, when we set boundaries and they're more thoughtful and intentional. So in this episode, I'm going to share three of the common mistakes that I see happen all the time, uh, when it comes to disciplining young children and be sure to stay until the end because I have a bonus mistake, (laughs) um, that I don't want you to miss. Hi, hello, and welcome back to my channel. If you are new here, I am Dr. Jasmine. I'm a clinical psychologist as well as a mom of two little girls with one on the way. And around here, we love to talk about all things positive parenting, especially discipline, um, tantrums, child development, uh, and how do we keep our own sanity as parents? I mean, it all just kind of flows so well together. So that's my jam. That's what I love talking about. Um, and real quick, before we dive into the episode, I just want to share that I have something really special coming up for you guys. Um, and that is my eight week, uh, live intensive group coaching program for parents of children between the ages of two to seven. So young children, who are struggling with discipline and particularly struggling with their child's intense behavioral um, difficulties like aggression and tantrums, not listening, uh, all of that fun stuff, right? The stuff that really keeps us up late at night um, and really stresses us out and gets in the way of life. I love to help parents uh, transform the way that they see their child, the way that they interact with their child, and the way that they feel as a parent. So I am launching this live group coaching program where you get to work one-on-one with me. So it includes uh, one-on-one sessions with me as well as weekly group coaching um, where it's less focused on the content. I think, of course, content is important, but 
oftentimes we reach a ceiling, right? And it's more that I want to help you in your particular issue and answer your questions and give you insights that you may not even be thinking about, right? That you might, might not even have considered. Um, and so I'm really excited. It's for a very limited amount of families because I want to be able to uh, coach and work with these families on a more intimate level. Um, and so I'm opening up the wait list this week uh, for a limited time. So if you are interested, if this at all sounds interesting to you and you want to learn more, be sure to sign up for the waitlist so that then I can email you more information when the um, coaching program opens up. It will be opening this summer. So if you're interested, go to the mompsychologist.com forward slash waitlist and that's where you can put in your information and I will email you when the application process opens up. So you do have to apply um, and only a limited amount of families will be accepted for this first round. So I hope to see you inside. I am so excited about this program. I think that we're going to do such amazing work together. All right, let's dive into this episode. Uh, without further ado, let's talk about the three biggest mistakes with a bonus <laughs> at the end. I'll share a fourth one, but three biggest mistakes that I see parents do when it comes to discipline. So mistake number one is not being consistent. Okay. This looks like one day you're enforcing a rule and then the other day you're like, ah, whatever, go ahead and do it. Or one day you're okay with your child doing X behavior and then the other day you're not okay with it, right? So I'm now I'm not saying that it's not okay to ever change your mind, right? Of course we change our mind. Of course things change. Of course we feel different from different, you know, in different contexts around different people. But overall, if you're not being consistent when it comes to your expectations, your boundaries, and your limits for your child, then that is a huge mistake, right? Because then your child gets really, really confused. Um, and I like to equate what happens to gambling, right? We all know, like, let's say we're going to a slot machine, putting our pennies in or whatever, quarters, um, and sometimes it rewards us with a little bit of extra uh, uh, money and sometimes it doesn't, right? And you never know <laughs> when you're gonna put that magical quarter in and receive this huge payoff, right? And that is why gambling is so addictive because we don't know when we're gonna get the reward. It's called um, intermittent reinforcement, right? And so obviously the slot machines, they know that it's highly addictive and that's why they do that, right? Where you just, it's so random, you never know when you're going to be rewarded. And that's the same thing that happens when we are inconsistent with our kids, right? They never know, you know, at what point you're going to give in and just be like, okay, it's fine, right? Just take the candy or whatever it is, right? And so they will keep pushing our buttons. They will scream louder and louder. They're going to up the ante because they know at some point you're going to give in. They just don't know when, right? They keep putting their quarters in the slot machine, if you will. And so it's so important that we stay consistent even if our child uh, pushes our buttons right and especially if our child pushes our buttons now of course again this does not mean that there's going to be this huge bat you know 
backlash if we change our mind or we you know are flexible about our limits but it's important that we come to that conclusion on our own not because of our child if that makes sense right that we internally reflect and we think about it and we're like okay actually I changed my mind here and this is why and you can come to your child and say you know what I changed my mind I'm thinking about this differently here's the plan right that's much different than okay Johnny just go take the candy bar right so it's really really important that we are consistent because if not if we are inconsistently rewarding them or worse we're rewarding them for their whining and crying and demanding then they're learning something right all i have to do is do this behavior enough do this behavior consistently do this behavior loud enough um, and it will eventually pay off so be consistent what i love to recommend is choose you know, a couple family rules, a couple non-negotiables, I'd say no more than three that you can consistently set limits around um, um, like a brick wall, right? <laughs> Very consistent. So maybe that's, you know, rules and limits around gentle touches, rules and limits around respectful language, um, or, you know, going to bed at a certain time, whatever it is, just choose two no more than three consistent rules and reinforce those um, and consistently uh, enforce them i should say consistently enforce them like a brick wall okay let's get into mistake number two which is confusing punishing with having a stern voice okay and I think this is a common concern, right? I think many parents fear that they're be, they're punishing their child um, and being really mean when they have to change their voice, when they have to change their voice from how, how, yes, how, to, okay, I need you to listen, right? Or whatever it is, right? <laughs> to a very stern voice. Um, or many parents will avoid setting boundaries because they're afraid that they're going to be too mean, right? That they're going to be too punishing um, or too stern with their kids oftentimes parents will struggle with this because they had very punishing parents not all the time but this is often what I hear right it's like I don't want to repeat this cycle I don't want to parent the way that my dad or my mom did or my grandma or my grandpa right I don't want to be that person and so because they were super mean super stern um, and punishing I want to do the exact opposite and then they go to the other end of the spectrum and so it's really important that we we know the difference between punishing and you uh, like a punishing voice and a punishing attitude versus being stern with our kids and oftentimes I feel like positive parenting um gets a bad rep because it's confused with permissive parenting, right? Um, that I, if I'm a positive parent, I can't use a stern voice with my children. And that's not true because here's the bottom, here's the bottom line about tone, right? It's really an important part of communication. Actually, 70% of communication is our nonverbal cues, which includes the ways in which we express ourselves through our, our facial cues, the, our tone, right? A, a, a lot of our message um, is going to be understood through those things, not exactly what we say, but how we say it, right? And so our tone must match our body language and the words that are coming out of our mouth, right? They all have to kind of go together. 
And it's really important part of getting our child's attention, right? If we are always using this one way to talk with our child and, you know, the friendly and okay, and da, 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 then when we change our tone, it, it helps them pay attention, right? Oh, something's different. I need to pay attention, right? So it is perfectly fine and sometimes necessary in most cases to use a stern voice um, and a stern tone when setting boundaries with your little ones. Um, this helps children know, okay, something has changed. It's time to pay attention. What is being said is important, right? Now, what is the difference between a stern tone and punishing one when we're punishing we are upset we are angry we are flying off the handle we're not even being mindful of what we say um, and we're more so focused on getting our child to um, obey us um, some oftentimes inflict pain to get them to pay attention and obey us that is very very different than using a stern or let's call it serious tone of voice where we are mindful of what we say we are we have again going back to the beginning of this episode um, an essential part of discipline is is having thoughtful boundaries and consequences so while we are using our stern voice we are using language that is intentional that is thought out um, and we are focused on being very clear on what we need and helping our child with that while staying connected of course so it's a dance if you will but don't miss don't confuse the two don't think that because you're using a stern or serious voice that you are being punishing or you are being mean okay again this is oftentimes necessary in getting our child to pay attention and understand the ways in which we are communicating all right, mistake number three is not determining the consequences ahead of time. Now, we've been talking about this a little bit <laughs> um, in this episode, but I want to go into this in more depth because this is a common, common mistake, right? So often we are coming up with consequences on the fly, right? We are flustered uh, and all we want or all we are thinking about is the here and now and we haven't thought about what we wanted to say and how you know and been intentional so what happens is then we end up threatening right then we end up using using that punish that punishment uh f- flavor if you will right if you don't do this then you're not playing with this right or stop doing that or we're leaving now right that's a threat right or i'm leaving you here bye you know be like threatening to leave them threatening to take things away uh, all of that, you know, using those threats because we are flustered. We are in the moment and we are upset, right? And we think, okay, I've got to do something now, right? It's like an emergency. And oftentimes if we step back, behavior happens in a cycle, right? Behaviors tend to repeat themselves. There tends to be a pattern, but we won't really see the pattern or recognize the pattern if we don't take a step back, right? Uh, and think about this when everybody is calm, especially you. Right. When you're calm, think about the patterns that are happening, Um, because you'll see that oftentimes your child tends to do similar behaviors in similar situations. And when you notice the patterns, right, when things start to happen over and over again, then that's your cue that it's time to plan ahead. 
right? Whenever something has happened more than two times, it's time to plan ahead or even more than once, right? You're like, all right, this has now happened again. This is something that I should pay attention to and determine, okay, what is going to be the boundary? What is going to be the consequence? Determine that ahead of time so that you're prepared in that moment, right? So let's use an example to kind of drive this home. Let's say that your child often refuses to clean up their room, right? You go to let them know, hey, it's time to clean your room. I need you to put your books on the bookshelf. I need you to do X, Y, and Z, right? You try to use very clear language, break up a big task into little tiny tasks so your child doesn't feel overwhelmed. You even try to like, you know, do it with them and make it fun. Like you're trying all these things, right? And you're like, okay, <laughs> what gives? This is not working. Okay, we've got a pattern here. So then you want to think about, okay, so how can I set my child up for success the next time that they refuse to clean their room. So you wanna think about the consequence um, beforehand. And oftentimes that looks like not being able to do fun things <laughs> uh, that they enjoy, let's say watching screens, right? Bef uh, or playing outside or whatever it is, right? Until they clean their rooms. And this is important, right? Because this is not done in a, in a punitive way. This is not done out of anger because we have thought this out. Then what we are basically saying is, okay, I get to decide the schedule here, right? What I do get to control is your access to screens or whatever, right? Um, and so we cannot have, you know, I'm using screens as an example we cannot have screens until we clean our room now this is not a threat this is okay i understand i can't control you right you might not feel up to cleaning your room totally fine i just need you to know when you clean your room then we can watch our screens and that's a very different it's subtle but it's a very different tone it's a very different energy Right now, I will say again, caveat here, if your child is struggling with with um, cleaning their room, think about developmentally, right? What what they can and cannot do. And a lot of times, especially for the little ones, they struggle if things are not broken down for them into tiny tasks, right? It feels very overwhelming. We might just look at it and be like, just get it done, right? You've done this before, do it again. Put your toys in the toy box, put your books on the bookshelf, blah, 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 right? But to them, it's very overwhelming. So just be sure and be mindful and make sure that your approach is developmentally appropriate and that you've broken down the task. I'm, I'm you know, going with the cleaning your room example. Break down the task of cleaning and and get involved, especially if they struggle with this. Um, or let's say, another example, they often refuse to leave the park when it's time to leave, right? They throw tantrums, they run away, they yell. When you're like, okay, it's time to leave. So then what would you do in that situation? Okay, I this is a pattern again, right? This has happened more than once. I would even say if it happened one time, we can start to... Um, think about this in a different way. You're like, oh, okay, you're showing me you're struggling with this, so let me help you out here. One of the key things is to plan ahead by setting clear expectations before you even get to the park, okay? So I had this issue happen, <laughs> a little story time. This happened one time with my youngest daughter after she saw somebody else, another child, throw a tantrum at the park. 
So then she wanted to do the same thing because she's like, okay, look, I just saw that kind of modeled for me. I want to try this out, you know? So we had, so right in that moment, um, I got down on her level. I, I moved her to the side of the park, right? So she had some privacy. We all had some privacy, got down on her level. And I spoke in a very stern tone and said, it's time to leave. Would you like to hold my hand? or would you like to walk on your own? And I even said, I know you saw your friend have a hard time leaving the park. And I understand it is a, it's hard to leave the park. We're having so much fun. So you offer that validation and it's time to leave the park. Okay. With that, we were able to um, leave the park without incident. But of course, do you think I just left it there? No. <laughs> so when we got home, everybody was calm. We talked about it again. Um, talked about her feelings that came up, talked about how we can work as a team when it's time to leave the park. And then when we go to go to the park that next time, I'm setting clear expectations. Hey, we're going to stay here um, for a while. I will let you know when it's almost time to leave the park. So definitely give your child uh, warnings, you know, like, okay, five more minutes, one more minute and then it's time, right? You don't wanna give them too many warnings, but give them one or two, just like heads up that it's almost time to transition. And so, okay, going back to before you go to the park, you let them know. Um, and when it's time to go, it's time to go, right? And that I wanna, this is what I told her, I said, I love coming to the park with you. I wanna keep coming to the park and having fun, but I can't keep coming to the park if we're not having fun and if it ends in this way. It doesn't make me wanna keep coming to the park with you. So how can we work as a team so that we can end on a good note okay and there it's not a threat it's just we're not going to be able to have this fun privilege if every time it ends in a big <laughs> catastrophe right and the overarching message is i want to work as a team right i'm on your side i understand this is hard and how can we move us along and so you get their ideas but basically what they're learning is okay this is the expectation here right this is the limit and I understand where I am, I understand where my parent is, and I feel safe in this boundary, right? This, my parent has this boundary, they've clearly communicated it with me. So anyways, I'm kind of going on a tangent here because this is really an important part of discipline, all these, all these different components, right? There's so much that goes into it. But number one, like a huge mistake is not determining the consequence or the limit ahead of time and not really coming up with a plan when behaviors start to repeat themselves, okay? Um, so more and more, if we can move from reactive parenting to intentional parenting, we are gonna feel more confident and our child is gonna feel safer um, because we are not going to be responding in anger and threats and punishments. Now, I promised you a bonus one. Bonus mistake is, <laughs> going back to that angry and reactive parenting, well, huge mistake here and I know we are all human right we are all learning we're never going to be perfect at this but a mistake that I often see is disciplining and making choices when we are angry right nothing good ever comes um 
out of trying to discipline when angry have you have you noticed that <laughs> right that oftentimes we end up regretting what we said regretting what we did regretting the ways in which we did things because we had such charged emotions because we were so frustrated and angry um now of course caveat here there are moments where we have to be reactive where we where there is a true emergency and we have to establish safety so i'm not talking about those moments when there is a true um, threat to your child's safety or somebody else's safety then of course we need to throw our intentional parenting out the window and do what we can to establish safety um, but very few things in parenting are true actual emergencies right they feel like emergencies they feel like we need to handle them in the moment but often we end up saying and doing things um, that we later regret when we try to discipline when we're angry so from here on out what I like to say and what I like to recommend is just having a rule with yourself that you don't make you don't make decisions when you're angry right that when you're angry and you notice that you're angry your first step is going to be to calm yourself down not to try to make decisions and think rationally right because it's really hard to do that in these uh, in these moments and and knowing and just having some trust that you don't need to handle everything in the moment that it will be okay you will still be an effective parent if not more effective I would say oh, um, but there's a fear that if I don't handle this right now if I don't say something if I don't do something then they're not going to learn and they're gonna think they can get away with this right there's that fear and I think that's what drives us to react <laughs> right and have that reactive parenting approach and so there takes an element of trust of you know I trust that we will get back on track but first I need to take care of my first myself right first I need to calm down and I need to model that for my child so that they don't so that they learn that it's okay to take care of ourselves first before we make decisions right because that's kind of what we're, we're trying to teach that to our child too right that they can first calm themselves down before they uh, make decisions in their life right and again discipline means to teach uh, it means to guide with instruction and it's very hard to teach it's very hard to be our child's guide when we are angry when we are when we are experiencing intense emotions like anxiety fear frustration um, sadness right all of those emotions right it's hard to do that it's hard to focus on being a teacher when we ourselves need some help right and need to regulate ourselves um, so just have a simple rule with yourself you know I don't make decisions when I'm upset that can be the family rule and that's such again such a powerful thing to model for your child and this is something that you can talk out loud about you know in the moment when you are feeling frustrated and something is happening this is not an emergency. I'm gonna take some time to calm down so I can think clearly and we will get back on track, right? I'll let you know when I'm ready. I will be back or whatever it is if you need to go take a break. But again, such a powerful modeling opportunity. That is it for this episode. I know it was a lot. Let me know what mistake kind of stood out to you. Let me know if you have other questions about this. I'm happy to make more videos about discipline. Again, this is what we talk about on this channel. So be sure to subscribe if you're not already. And if you are interested in my live group coaching program, 
Be sure to hop on the waitlist so you're the first to know when the program is open, when applications have started, because I will only be accepting a small amount of families um, so that I can serve in powerful ways. And again, this program is for you if you're struggling with discipline, if you're struggling with your child's behaviors and you want to feel like a more calm, but also connected and confident um, parent who disciplines consistently, right? And not reactively. Um, so if that sounds like you, be sure to hop on the waitlist for my live group coaching program that will be starting very, very soon. Um, you can go to the mompsychologist.com forward slash waitlist for more information and to hop on the waitlist. All right. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>